You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Hold on a minute. I think I can save you (laughs) (laughs) $10,000. I'll have to hear that joke again. I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. A lot of buildup. And thanks for downloading the two Sorry Excuses podcast. Recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. I am a good by live. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 130. The free cookie Tuesday edition. Free cookie? You know, uh, you know when you just like are out and about just doing your shit and then all of a sudden something very trivial but but impactful happens? I had one of yeah. those days today. Uh, it's pouring rain. It's pouring rain, which doesn't which doesn't usually um doesn't usually bother me. It doesn't get me down. I like rainy days. It goes back to Curacao when um when rainy days were few and far between, but when you'd have them, it would kind of change the landscape, right? Because the, yeah, yeah. the big joke about Curacao was that it was like Groundhog Day. You got up, it was sunny in 78, and you did the same thing every day, and you know you saw the same people every day, and it was just very monotonous. But when it would rain, it would kind of give you a new perspective. So I loved yeah. I, I loved when it rained down there, and I kind of brought that back with me. So I don't. I, I like you know a kind of rainy, a rainy Tuesday. Um, so I stopped in for a late afternoon coffee at this new coffee joint that they opened up down the street, and not um, the one with the haughty barista. No, the no the uh, the uh, guy who's kind of a jerk. <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, let's see, the surly barista. As yeah, the surly himself. barista. All right. Uh, no, this is this is the opposite. This is total hipster. Um, you know, everybody's wearing beanie hats and flannel shirts buttoned all the way to the top collar, and their pants are too tight, and you know they're rolled up too high, and they're wearing Vans or you know some some type of boat deck shoe, and they've got like three types of coffee. But they're all artisan type of car. You know, you know the place. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they're super friendly. Like, these are the type of people who, and I was thinking about this, like, you know, for all the shit that millennials get, they, they, they seem to be happy people. But are right? they really? They're, they're, they're always friendly. They're always nice. Yeah, I don't know. The ones that work in service industry, they're like, "This is the best, man." This is what it's all about, man. This is I'm I'm making coffee, and that makes you happy. Like that's around here anyway, because it's a real art community. Yeah. So I'm willing to cut them some slack on that. At least it's well, actually the other day, the guy I know from Jersey, I was mentioning Asbury Park. I was like, well, my friend lives there, and we were Jordan. Because it was, it was actually this guy's birthday, too. We were celebrating. And uh, he's like, oh, is your friend gay or black? <laughs> he's, 
He's like, because that's all losing. He's gay himself. He's like, that's all losing at Spray Park. All right. Interesting. No, no. He, 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 he's not gay nor black. I think he bought it in the sweet spot between the uh, between all the gays moving in. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, it's just funny. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah. I would say that's probably from Middletown. This guy. Oh, I know this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know yeah. this guy. I thought he was Canadian. I thought your friend was Canadian. No, no, no. There's a Canadian. There's a Canadian, it was the Canadian's birthday that actual day, and then it's this guy's birthday was at midnight. You know, his the Canadian's birthday was actually on the 23rd proper, and this guy's on the 24th, so they kind of do a dual celebration every year. It's not like a party. You just go to a bar yeah, and yeah, have yeah. a couple of friends, you know? Sure, sure. They call it their overlapping birthday, and they're close friends, so it's fine. Okay. Yeah, so the Canadian, we were celebrating the Canadian and then transitioned into celebrating the Middle Townian. Yeah, I know this guy. We've talked about this guy before. Yes, we have. Um, I don't know how we got there. Oh, Asbury Park, black and gay. So I'm out, and I'm It'd just be an artsy. Of, I'm taking out the. I'm, you know, I'm just just going about my day. You know, taking crossing things off my to do list. And I go into the coffee shop and I get just a small coffee. Because when you go into those fancy coffee shops, I always feel weird about ordering decaf. You drink decaf coffee? Yeah. Yeah, my second cup of coffee uh-huh. during the day is usually uh, I drink. I, I, I usually don't have more than two cups of coffee. Because so you I, actually love the flavor of coffee. Yeah. Okay, because that's weird to me. Yeah, you know, no. It's like drinking non-alcoholic beer to me, you know? Um. In essence, and I understand the analogy, I think the difference is that non-alcoholic beers are mass-produced, therefore they taste like shit no matter what. Yeah, well, my point being that I really don't, you know, I like good coffee, but I like coffee for the caffeine. Yeah. I like beer, and I like beer for the booze. Right. You know, like, I don't want to just drink it. With no potency at all. Yeah, no, I get it. I understand. Totally. Totally. Whereas I think uh, there are people, I would say Mike Reardon's probably a guy who, if you took the alcohol out of the beer, but still gave him like a super craft beer, I think he would drink it. Yeah. To drink it and appreciate it or whatever. But uh, I like the, yeah, I like the taste of coffee. I'd never make like, uh, you know, a Folgers decaf. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah, or yeah. instant. But you like a good coffee. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, I go for the second cup of coffee, so I get a small cuz I didn't want all that caffeine and they hand me a cookie. And they're like, "It's free cookie Tuesday, man." Like, <laughs> Seriously for just I mean, it's a small cup of coffee. The cookie costs more than the coffee. And they're like, yeah, now you know where your Tuesday coffee stops That's exactly be. it, man. Yeah. That's exactly it. So and I do. I feel bad when I get coffee from other places besides the surly barista because he's been there forever, and I, you know, he's a institution as much as you can be in in the coffee scene in Asbury Park because there's so many. Yeah. But um, the other places just kind of make better coffees. <laughs> yeah, and you don't have to deal with the attitude. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so that was good, man. I want, I, you know, like I said, I wasn't having a shitty day, 
but uh, it was definitely a, a overcast, dreary day in Jersey. And I'm just plugging through a bunch of you know a bunch of shit work, and uh, had a nice little second cup of coffee and a free cookie on the day. Nice. That's a good day. It's a little things, right? Yeah, it is little things. A coffee, a cookie always brightens up the day. And this, I'll tell you what, man, this was a delicious cookie. Not only was it big, so it was a size. They have um, black and white cookies down there, like moon, half moon cookies. Yeah, yeah. Those are my favorite cookies. The black Uh, and white ones? Yeah. Yeah. But this chocolate chip, it was a chocolate chip cookie that I got, but it was about the size of uh, of one of those black and white ones. So okay, yeah, so that's a big cookie, yeah. Pretty big. Um, it's like the size of like a small plate. You yeah, know? it's exactly the size of yeah. it. And yeah. it was um, chewy, and I like a chewy cookie. I don't like a hard cookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it somewhere in between. Like the right, it's got to be the right. can't be too chewy, and it can't be too hard. Like the, the perfect, you know. Bit of, that's why I like the end brownie, you know, the corner brownies, where you get that combination of both. So, I get, yeah, I hear you. I hear. I'm trying to yeah, think. All right, sorry. I thought we might have. No, no, no. Dropped no. I was contemplating what type of brownie I like. I'm a middle brownie guy. Are you? Oh man, no way. Yeah. My sister years ago even bought one of those things. They used to sell. Yes. They used to have an infomercial, which basically makes all corners, but it's not the same as the true corner brownie, though. What? What is it? It's 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 almost like a cupcake pan for brownies. It's like a it's a pan with like basically a grid insert, so all the brownies will have corners. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. but it's but it's not the same effect as actually having. The corner brownie from a pan, you know, because you know it's not because you know it's it's performance enhancing, or just because it doesn't it doesn't live up. Yeah, it, it doesn't live up. It doesn't enhance the performance because it's like I don't know. I think what makes a corner uh, brownie the corner brownie is the effect of being truly the corner in a pan of brownies you know it's kind of like concentrated towards it mm-hmm. you know whereas this is all just a bunch of little squares that theoretically supposed to be a corner but it can't replicate the effect of like a you know uh eight by six pan or whatever the size is or a six by six pan right right, uh, right. of what the corner is like in that when you're just doing a bunch of like two by two squares you know yeah because it's it needs to have I think it needs more uh, area to to accomplish to uh, achieve the greatness of what a corner brownie is you know yeah I follow you I'm with you yeah because I never you. found it the same and I I think I'm pretty sure if you asked my sister she would agree with me because I don't think she thought it was too great and she's the one that makes brownies in her family you know <laughs> um I like a real fudgy brownie. Okay. I'm not a – well, listen. Let's be honest here. I'm not turning away brownies. However, if I had my choice, Damn. I would choose a fudgy brownie over a big, fluffy, uh, you know, cakey brownie. Yeah, yeah. I, I see that. Yeah, um, I would that, I guess, over that, you know. Which kind of sucks because uh, my mom makes the fluffy – the big Damn. fluffy ones. I got a fly buzzing around me. Shoe, shoe fly. 
I think it's ready to die because you know they only live like a day or something. I know it's probably about to die because it's coming all around me right now. You know, is that true? Flies only live for a day. Yeah, they only live for like, they live for like twenty four hours or so. They come in, they get in your house, and then they, you know, which is why you'll go and find a bunch of dead flies beyond like on the windowsills and stuff. <laughs> I mean, you ever find a bunch of dead flies in your house or somewhere where you don't clean regularly because you're a dude? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, the thing is, when they're ready to die, they're usually really easy to kill because they're like slowing down. Like they don't even give a damn to get out of the way anymore when you smack them. <laughs> so, what's their purpose? I mean, I'm sure their purpose is probably to eat decaying matter and stuff like that. So oh, right. Composition and things like that, you know? Yes, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I had. I, well, I don't have flies in my windows. I do have birds in my eaves, which was my uh, which was my big project today. And they've been, to be honest, they've been in there for a while, but they come and go. So they haven't gotten themselves. Because I live on the third floor, I think they're not comfortable enough. It's not quiet enough for them to like fully nest. Yeah. But I think they go in there and they might steal like the the insulation for the, you know, for their nest. Oh, for the nest, yeah. So, but finally I've had enough. I, um, I had to call, <laughs> the, uh, had to call the exterminator people and they came out. Oh, that sucks. Did they kill the birds? I, to be honest, I don't know what they're going to do. He said. You don't even want to know. He said catch and release. Um, I'm yeah, like. I hope they do it. I'm like, you so know, I don't want to kill the birds. If I wanted to kill the birds, I'd ask Roscoe to get his BB gun. <laughs> but I don't want them ruining my house. Yeah. So do what you got to do. Problem is, it's 30 feet in the air. Yeah, that's so intense. I, I can't do it myself. If this was a regular two-story house, um, I would attempt to do it myself, I think. But the fact that it's 30 feet in the air, where where am I going to find a 30-foot ladder? And two, I fell down the stairs the other day. I'm not so gonna, you definitely shouldn't be climbing. <laughs> I'm not going to get up on a 30-foot ladder. Yep. The uh, the sad thing is that's not the first time I've fallen down the stairs in the last, in the last few months because I, I've got that. I've got that stairwell that goes down to the second floor, and it Wait, it it turns. How do you keep falling down the stairs? What's that? You keep falling down the stairs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not good for like a. You're only like forty three, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not a motor. It's not a neurological or or well, let's motor hope not. You're issue. too young to be falling down the stairs all the time. The problem is, is that um, the stairs they're L shaped stairs. Right? Yeah. But there's not a landing. Yeah. There's only a pie stair. Right? You follow me? Yeah. Yeah. The pie stair makes the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are hard. That sometimes screws you up. So just like the little wedge? The wedge, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see where that can be a problem. So there have been occasions, and it always happens in the morning. And, like, there'll be something on that stair. That's what Brian's got like that at his house. 
Um, you know, where stairs come down, there's like an issue there on one of the, you know, because because there's an issue when you walk downstairs or you've gone down too fast when you got that. If you end up on the um, stepping down the skinny side a little too quick. Yeah, that, and that's what happens. It's always early in the morning. And I'm never paying attention or whatever. Yeah, you're all tired and stuff. Um, and But I managed to catch myself, you know. The good news is, is that I'm in a tight, confined area. So all I do is I put my arms out and I can hold myself from, you know, from hitting flush onto the, you know, onto the stairwell. Yeah. But, it. Do, I mean, I'm not comfortable with heights anyway, but that is enough for me to not want to, you know, scale a, a aluminum ladder 30 feet in the air to wrestle with birds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. So, who knows? It could be, you know, 125 bucks. It could be 750 bucks that I'm out to get these birds out of here. <laughs> and the neighbors keep telling you about it. That's what... That's what the big issue is. You know, they're like, um, you know, I just uh, noticed the birds are in your eaves again. And I'm like, oh, man. So they're like putting the pressure on you to do something about it. Yeah, Big Brother's always watching. And I got to paint my house, so I want to keep them on my good side. They already hate my dog. So. Because he barks or something? Well, it depends on who you ask. Maybe he bit them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> What's the statute of limitations up there? Um, well, I, t- I would debate it. I would debate it. He he was in uh, encroaching on my property. Uh, okay. He problem was he was talking about how the dog. We got particularly tight with these neighbors when we moved in, and you and Ange, yeah, and they're fine and they they were great and they were awesome. Because we were awesome, you know? And then, you know, circumstances change and focus changes and no longer, um, you know, my priorities changed and it wasn't being an awesome neighbor, you know? It was getting through life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I didn't didn't pay them much mind. I didn't pay much attention. Plus, they went through some changes, which upped their tax bracket a little bit. They had paid their dues as the, you know, the starving artist gay couple in Asbury Park. Like, they they got to where they had uh, aspired to be. So, um... They didn't have to pay you no mind anymore? Maybe two summers ago, I invited them over, or one of the guys over, and um, he was talking about how Val is so mean across the fence, but when you're inside the fence... He's such a sweetheart because that's we barbecued out and Val sat at his feet all day and that's all it is, you know. Val's protecting his area. Yeah. So, uh, we had had a couple cocktails and I said, "Wow, you know, next time just try to pet him." (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think he would really try to do it, and he tried to tried to pet him, and in the process of Val barking, he nicked his hand. Hmm. Didn't draw blood, didn't puncture him, like, he was just, he overreacted, and he was a total baby. And I apologized, and, you know, that was it. And then I had left. I went to Jackson. I was gone for a year. Yeah. So, it kind of, kind of helped stem the tide. 
And I had been in touch with them a little bit. They'd email me telling me my stupid tenants were causing problems and naked and drunk and, you know, like shit I didn't Uh, know. Oh, and you had that older guy there that was all messed up. Yeah, yeah. It was like two dudes that were like just train wrecks, huh? Yeah, yeah. They were absolutely train wrecks. Yeah. So much so, one of those dudes died. Damn. Yeah. And they, it turned out, the story ended up coming to light. And it turned out that they were a couple. They were a May-December romance. Who was a couple? The old guy and the young. Remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember you talking about the old guy. He had, you thought he had stuff together and it turned out he had a lot of dark secrets, right? Yes, and one of those was that he was a closeted or not so closeted gay man who had grown children and a and an ex-wife. Okay, we didn't know he was gay last time. We we did not. Yeah, when it first came up, it was just that he was a mess and he was running around causing hell with the young dude. Yes. Turns out that they ended up being a couple. Um, some folks had hypothesized that they were married. Some folks just said they were having an illicit relationship that no, that his family and his his daughters did not recognize. But either way, they were they definitely were were a couple. And he ended up passing away of uh, liver. He had some type of. Liver I was going to say like. Yeah, I was going to say like cirrhosis of the liver or something. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. So when they were here, the neighbors would, you know, kind of, you know, passively, aggressively give me shit about them. Uh, And when I moved back in, the first question they asked me was whether I was bringing the dogs back. And I was like, really? Let it go, man. You know? Yeah. yeah. You didn't even need a Band-Aid. Hey. (laughs) No, it's funny because today, you know, I was texting you about this woman that came off the street with the case that's worth nothing. Right, right. Uh, so I was trying to read up all this New Jersey law. And other than the fact that, like, succession law is different up there to begin with, like, namely, uh, for one, here, if you die, if, say, I get married and I have a kid, you know. But when I got married, I already owned my house, so it's my separate property. I never donated into the community, you know. Okay. So yeah. I die with my wife is still alive and our kids alive, but because it's my separate property, I die without a will. That goes to my kid, you know. Whereas right. up there, if goes to the wife. that same situation, it goes to the wife, you know, which is kind of kooky. But then I. I'm reading through all these New Jersey laws, like looking on the official statutes, and this is the other difference. Even though now it is the law of the land, this is still the other difference. And every Jersey statute says surviving spouse or domestic partner. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that's you funny. Know, like every domestic partner, like, it, you know, it's always spouse or domestic partner. You know, it's like because they had rewritten all their laws to take into account basically gay relationships you know well before uh before the marriage and equality act in new jersey new jersey recognized civil unions yeah yeah 
So that must be because it would just say surviving spouse now, but they probably have to go back and rewrite it or they probably want to take into account people that aren't going to get married, you know, even, you know. Yeah, because I think you can still be a civil union without being legally recognized as a spouse. That's interesting. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to be changed. Um, Yeah, I mean, because I'm thinking you. They probably don't because there might be other situations where people, even heterosexual couples who aren't technically married, but like, I don't know. I mean, I guess they probably have common law marriage up there, but they would call you a surviving spouse. But but maybe there's other ways to register stuff, you know. Which is uh, which is really funny because I was out. I don't know. I was walking the dogs or or just hanging on the boardwalk, having a coffee or something, and this uh, couple was walking by. And they must have been talking about, the guy was talking about uh, friends of his. Presumably he's talking about some friends or acquaintances. And they must have been European. Or at least not from the States. Yeah. Because he said, um, you know, because they do it differently. You know, they do it differently there. They they get, um, you know, they don't just get married. You know, they settle down. They they buy a house together, they have some kids, and essentially they're just common law. You know, because things are different there. And the woman he's with says, right, because they have socialized medicine. <laughs> <laughs> As if that's the only reason to get married. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you could share health insurance benefits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, socialized medicine. Oh, I got a kick out of that. Yeah. I got a kick that's out good. of that. So anyway, um, all right. Let's. Uh, so where were we? Yes. Um, well, we have some big. There's uh, a big goings on this week in the Two Sorry Excuses universe. Yeah. Well, you had a big night on the town, wasn't that this week? Wasn't that this week? Yeah, that was this past week. But I thought you might have been talking about something else. No, no, no like I'm thinking. Legitimately. Well, um, I mean, besides. Besides my Weber grill. Did you buy those Weber grills? Or did you buy at least one of them? I bought the Weber grill, yeah. Yeah. You bought one? I did. So. I was thinking you could buy the whole lot and give them out as Christmas presents. (laughs) I should have told you that. I said, that'd be great. Here, Jeremy, give one to each of your siblings. That's so true. You keep one. So. Everybody likes a Weber. When was it? It was uh, beginning of the winter. Must have been when I bought that used Weber grill. Yeah. And I got it for fifty bucks from the from the guy um a couple towns away. And it was a good setup. It has the, the one touch ash can cleaner. Yeah, those are real nice, the ones that one you bought for fifty bucks. That was like yeah. a hundred eighty dollar grill, right? Yeah, twenty two inches. I uh, yeah, had the new really nice. new handles on it, so you can put the put your utensils on it, right? Um, yeah. He had done a few other things too. Maybe put a new thermometer on it. But oh, bought a cover for it. It was in yeah, great he shape. It out, huh? Other than the fact that it had been used, it was great. And to be honest, he said he used it for for two summers, maybe even just one summer. And so now it's all seasoned and. And like, yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world for it to be used. No, especially that product. Weber's yeah. forever, right? 
So I have that. It's in my basement. I've been waiting to use it. When I walk down there, I can smell the barbecue smell of it. You know, so it gets me all geared up for uh, for the springtime. So I was out at Walmart. Oh, I don't even know what I was buying, but I was walking around. I was looking for leaf bags because the Walmart is across the street from the Home Depot. And I had to go to the Home Depot, but I also had to do grocery shopping. So rather than go to the grocery store, then go to Home Depot, I said, you know what? Let me go to Walmart. I'll go to the grocery store, see if I can get my Home Depot goods as well, and then I'll be done. Totally big box store shopping, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I get a couple food items, and I'm wandering around the uh, garden area, which it's so early that... Like they've got nothing out, but the stuff they have out is is super cheap. And hmm. I go to the outside part of the garden area, which is kind of a big deal because you know we don't have open air open air market this time of year. So you kind of walk yeah. into like the garage, um, you know, greenhouse type of place where they'll put the 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 plants and the flowers eventually when it gets you know when it gets nice. And I'm looking for the lawn bags. I can't find them. And I turn around and there are four um, floor model Weber kettle grills right there. And they're all priced at $65. And why were they priced so low? Couple, There were a couple dings on them. Okay. A couple of them had a bent. Because um, here you would, here's when the price of those things would be gone up, you know? Yes, this time of year. And that's what you assume there, the price would be gone up. I guess that's old inventory, huh? Yeah, right. So they were tucked away in like a corner, a far reach of the of the store. They weren't by the other ones. Cause I went over by the other ones because I wanted to see if there were any accessories that I wanted or you know, just kind of think about um you know what what kind of setup I wanna do once I get everything out there in the uh, on the patio. But these weren't by them. They were they were through the 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 mechanical doors, you know, the automatic. This is at Walmart. Yeah, into yeah. the greenhouse area and around the corner, and they're just sitting there. And one of them had a bent leg, and the other one had a had a you know a ding in the in the. But dome. nothing you could have taken care of, you know. No, totally. Um, but then I noticed one of them was though they were three of them were eighteen inches, and. Okay, so I didn't notice that. I didn't. I just saw four of them. I texted you. I said I should buy them. You're like you should buy them, and I walked away. I went and I got in line, but some lady cut in front of me, so I had to mm. wait. I had to wait a little extra. And as I was waiting, I was like, you know what? Let me go check those out again. And I went back and I checked them out, and in that batch was a 22-inch kettle grill with the thermometer and with the grate on the inside that's got the handles that you can lift out. Yeah, yeah. And all the legs were in good shape and the wheels were in good shape. It was in great shape. The only problem with it was it had the one-touch cleaner, but it didn't have the can. Ah. So that piece comes in two parts. That piece comes in two parts. There's a cylinder with the with the the one touch cleaner 
system, and then a can screws into that so that you can, when you do the cleaner, all the ash drops into the can. But completed, that's a hundred and fifty dollar grill. Yeah, for sixty five bucks, brand new. It's never been used. Yeah, so I mean, if you wanted the, to go get a replacement can, you could probably go twenty four bucks. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's you looked it up. Yeah. 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 Um, so now I've got it sitting in my car. I haven't even taken it out of the car. I should take it out of my car. <laughs> yeah. Sit in the backseat of my car. So now I have these two, these two kettle grills and I was like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I'll figure out something to do with it. So, um, my first thought was, oh, maybe I'll turn one of one and one of them into a gas grill. You know, a propane. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll out retrofit it with propane. That idea lasted about. 30 minutes i looked it up and people were like that's a bad idea <laughs> you know yeah like it's just, just a bitch just go out and buy a gas grill if you want a gas grill yeah. but i was looking at it from the perspective of this is a quality grill the metal is quality you know it would stand up over time blah 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 and then i the i have the aesthetic of two matching grills yeah one of them is propane um so that didn't last very long. I I quickly disposed of that thought. Then I thought maybe I'll sell one, but I don't know which one to sell. Do I just sell the old one for, and try to get my money back or try to get a few extra bucks from it? Knowing that I've got this new one and I'll keep the cover. You know, I'll keep all of the all of the ancillary add-ons that the guy put into play. You know, do I just go out and buy a regular ash can, you know, an ash tray that comes with the, you know, the standard model and try to sell it for 60 bucks, make a couple bucks, but I don't have two grills now. And I've got a new one with the ash can that I've transferred over. But today I was thinking maybe I'll text, uh, see, I don't know if either of my brothers would be interested in that. Jeremy might. Yeah, but like whether I, they love grilling as much as you. Yeah, yeah, but I think my my sister's husband might be interested. So I'm gonna text around and see if if one of those guys would be interested in having it. Because yeah. I'd rather keep it in the family, you know. Yeah, of course. So that was a highlight of uh, that was a highlight of my weekend. I was. You could always bring it to the Poconos. I could. Y'all got a grill up there, though, right? We have a Weber grill. We have a Weber gas grill up there. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that grill up there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice one. That's a nice one. Yeah. It's it's like stainless steel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that is a really that's an expensive grill. Um stainless steel, gas, Weber, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. fancy. It's, it, it's you know, it's a three burner, you know, kind of medium sized one, but they're yeah. so this the the quality is so is so high that you know, like you don't need a huge, you don't need a five burner grill because a three burner Weber is probably has as much BTUs and, and, you know, the grates are such quality that it retains heat. Yeah. You know, it gives a much even, a much more even cook than, you know, a shitty big gas grill. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, it was well, your brother-in-law would probably appreciate it. And you know what? He probably has a little better, a little longer season down there than we do. You know, I mean, it's They're DC. In, they, uh, Virginia, right? Yeah, he's in Virginia. They get, um, you know, they get a winter, but uh, it's you know, spring is a little longer, fall is a little longer. It's not winter. as bad. Yeah, winter's a little shorter. So, and they don't have you. You know, their grill situation. He so in. Because you obviously don't want to buy him so You don't want to give him something that he's already got maybe something better than that already, you know? Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he doesn't have better. Okay. He doesn't have better. Definitely not better than a, than a Weber Kettle Grill. Uh, he might not have the space to, you know, because maybe he's got something that he doesn't want to get rid of. So he might not have the space to, to, to field two grills but i know he asked one christmas for a charcoal grill but it was um you know it was like a char broil you know one of those basic you know just kind of basic charcoals so i think he would and i've been down there and we've barbecued before so i know he's into it and i know that he would make you know Achoo! Excuse me. He would make a chew. He would make good use of it. So yeah, um, I'm going down there this weekend. It's the it's the kid's birthday. Well, then don't even take it out of the car. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, speaking of which, the kid's birthday is. I think the kid's birthday is today. How old's the kid? One. Oh, this is a big one. Yeah, I think he's gonna remember. It's like yeah. Seinfeld says. You know, your first birthday and your last birthday. You know, very much the same. You're in your underwear and you're surrounded by people that you don't know who are, the, you don't know their names and you can't speak or whatever it is, something like that. <laughs> so I like how you're, you know, similarities between a one year old's birthday and an 80 year old's birthday. Right. Right. So we're going down. Um, she, my sister's having a party down there in, um, which is, which is weird. Like, I remember as a as a kid, like all the birthday parties that we had, not like our school birthday parties, but like family birthday parties, were just like cake and some food at at somebody's house, you know. Yep. Nobody does that anymore. Yeah, that pisses my mom off. All that type of stuff, like because now there's like an arms race on every birthday thing in the world. My mom's like, whatever happened to people just having cake and whatever at the house, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are they doing something special for a one-year-old's birthday? Uh, I mean, it's gonna it's a it's at a park, you know. Uh, all right, but it's not like they're not dropping a bunch of money at some place. The kids aren't even gonna remember it. No, 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 definitely not, definitely not. It's a, it's at a it's at a park, and if it rains, they have uh, the community center at their at their uh, at their condo complex. I guess okay. they have access to that, so. Yeah. All right, I well, that's, that's what people do, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not bad, though. But, like, people that are spending loads of money on, like, kids' parties, dude. Like Jacob was telling me, he had his kids' party over the weekend. It ended up just being his daughter's 10th birthday. 
because she couldn't, she wasn't decisive on what she wanted, so they ended up just doing stuff the house. I didn't go, though, because I'm sick of going to kids' parties. I'm more inclined to go to my friend's kids' birthday parties when it's the first birthday, because you know it's just going to be the adults or whatever. Right. Because there's no kids, no fellow one-year-olds are coming to hang out, you know? You go to, like, a eight-year-old's party, it's a bunch of eight-year-old kids. I don't feel like being there. Yeah, the one-year-old birthday parties where it's still that you can hang out with your friends. You know? But I don't yeah. even want to do that shit. I don't... Uh, yeah, I don't... Uh, I haven't been to a kid's non-family birthday party in my in my entire life. Yeah. I mean, they sent me the invitation and everything, and they were like, oh, I was like, oh, well, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And it's just like, I'm not going to make it, man. It's like... I don't really feel like getting up in the middle, you know, pulling it together to go drive 20, 30 minutes away to go to a party at one o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday after I've had a chocked, a, a weekend chock full of action, you know? So that was good. Yeah, I think, um, uh, they have like a bunch of friends and stuff down there, and all yeah, of course. And they're probably all gonna get drunk at the wedding t- at the party too, because that's <laughs> what they all do at first birthday parties. Everyone's drinking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, to be honest, like it would I, to me it would be more enjoyable if it was just like a family thing, you know. But they live out of state, and that's you know they. The, if it was just a family thing, well then. It would just be us sitting around their apartment. Yeah. Sitting, yeah. Know, sitting around their condo. Um, so, well, it's their kid, so they can have whatever kind of party they want. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they didn't look for my input. They didn't look for my input, so. So, anyway. Yes. Yeah. So, that was my big week. Coming up this weekend. That was yeah, my big week. You got the grill. You got a cookie today. Life is good. Life is good. Life is good. Yeah, well, I like to hear that. How uh, you? We have time to. Uh, you, you got enough time to. Yeah. So anyway, obviously, being a '90s type of dude like I am, I love Chris Rock, as I'm sure uh, you have an appreciation for him, but maybe not my levels. But yeah, I mean, I I think he's he's funny and he's one of the better 90s comedian. He's aged well. Yeah, I put him... Personally, I put him in the same category with where people like Carlin and Pryor were for their generation. Like, if you watch Chris Rock comedy specials, you know, like, his shit's not just stupid jokes. You know, some of it's just jokes, but a lot of it's, you know, more real biting commentary on shit, you know? that Like, it's that- jokes... What? That special that he did, the one where where he's in London, he's in New York, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. That that helped separate him, whether separating from himself or separating himself from comedians of his era or even, you know, people who were past. Yeah. That that was the special that kind of kind of made me take notice of like where he is now. You know? Yeah, so I put him in that pantheon, you know? And, like, even if, um, 
you know, and other people are like, oh, well, really, you think so? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I totally think so. If you look at, you go see like a movie they did a couple of years ago called Top Five, which I thought was brilliant, you know, especially from perspective, uh, you know, because his, his take, I mean, it's Top Five is where he plays this comedian who became famous for playing this uh, character in movies that was like a, uh, a beaver, I think it was, you know, and it was, you know, so he became famous off that, you know, and then he's trying to become serious. So this is the eve of this movie coming out that he made about Tucson Le Overture and the Haitian Revolution, you know, so it's a really good movie. I think I, I would advise you check it out if you get a chance, you know. Okay. You probably go. Find, you might be able to find Netflix. I don't know, but it, it I, came I out. I remember you talking like about it. Yeah, I remember you talking about it when it came out. You liked yeah. it. Made an impression on you. Yeah, when I saw that, after I saw that, I was like, you know, because I always did like Chris Rock, and for years he'd been doing crap. But the reason he'd been doing that crap, like the Grown Ups movie and stuff, was to like, so he could like finance that movie, you know, which I okay. think is great, you know. Yeah, listen. Sometimes like, you got to get paid. Yeah, yeah, and that's what he was doing. He was doing movies like those Adam Sandler movies to finance that stuff. Uh, even, even though he's friends with Adam Sandler, but he's not the same, you know? He's a hell of a lot... His comedy's different than Adam Sandler, you know? Not that I really have... You know, Adam Sandler has his time and place, but as far... You wouldn't call him, you know... You wouldn't call Adam Sandler... You, you wouldn't mention him in the same breath with George Carlin or anything, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember I walked in and I was like, you know, he's one of those guys who I would always love to see. I was like, if he ever goes on tour, I'm definitely buying tickets, you know, and he doesn't go on tour all that often, you know, because he's even though he could be doing it all the time, like Carlin was always on tour, you know? Yeah. And I regret never seeing him, but he was always on tour. But that's all Car Carlin was in movies, but he wasn't making movies, you know? Right. Um, Carlin truly was straight up a stand-up comic and chris rock could be that way but he's for whatever reason he doesn't do it all the time but um well carlin oh carlin owed the government money he had big he had big he had big irs problems okay yeah but he was he would have been touring regardless uh, you're probably he right because he always right. was touring you know but, i mean you know how many stand-up specials he did for hbo it's got to be he probably holds the record, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. Because the nature of his comedy and it was, it was, you know, it had a social bent to it. Um, yeah, it wasn't something. His stuff wasn't like stuff that you could really make a movie out of. Right. You know, he wasn't a movie, a filmmaker. His was, you know, he was he, you know, he literally was like a philosopher. You know. Yeah. Which is what the greatest stand-up comedians are in their essence. You know. Because that's what it is. You're taking stuff that everyone notices, you know, and you're turning it on its head. You know, you're picking through it to find the ludicrousness of it all. Just like the whole routine about um, when you go to the airport and all the crap you have to go through, you know, about, oh, did anybody else other than you pack your bags? And he's like, oh, anybody you, you didn't know? It's like, well, I didn't know Ahab and... I'm <laughs> my mood or whatever. They seem to have a good old times. They were packing my bag and all that <laughs> shit. You, you know that routine I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all about the experience in the airport. He just takes the friggin' the bane, all the routine shit, and we, he would 
and rip through it, you know? And then yeah. stuff even like his whole routine, like on how Shell Shock became uh, battle combat fatigue to post-traumatic stress disorder to now just PTSD, all that type of shit. Analyzing, you know, like he just, he was sharp, you know? And Richard Fryer was sharp like that too, you know? So like it was... When it comes to those those comedians, those groundbreaking comedians, my dad was a was a big uh, Carlin fan, and he, he, not that you could introduce a kid to Carlin, yeah, but but he did in a way that was responsible parenting. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the next exposure I had was from my uncle, who's like fifteen years younger, or. Maybe maybe even twenty years younger than my dad, um, was Eddie Murphy. So okay. I kind of skipped. I kind of skipped Richard Pryor because he was in that kind of tween. You know what I mean? Well, the problem was for Richard Pryor for us was this: the shit where he caught himself on fire happened like in nineteen eighty, okay. and that's kind of what changed everything for him. Like Richard Pryor before he blows himself up freebasing. Yeah. Was totally different than he was afterwards. You know, if you go like watch the the stand up movie, he had one that came out stand up movie they did before that, and there's one right after. And the one before it's way better than the one after. You know, because obviously that kind of shit changes you. Right. You know? Right, right, right. So right. I mean what I knew about that was you know, we used to have the eight track player. I remember we had um uh, See, my brothers who were significantly older than me, particularly my brother who's 10 years older than me, I remember, you know, my parents not being around. We were at the house, and he had, and we, and they had the eight-track player, and it was Richard Pryor, That Nigger's Crazy. That was the album. Okay. And I remember I was probably like six or seven, probably seven. And, you know, I mean, I didn't even know the full brunt of it. And that, you know, back then it was just like all swearing you're laughing at because you're a little kid. You know, it's not and you're not supposed to be listening to it. Right, right. But but if you watch ever some of his old stuff and I have watched uh, some of the, you know, because you can see some of them on Netflix and stuff. You can find some old Richard Pryor uh, concert movies and stuff. And they used to always show him like on Cinemax and HBO when I was growing up. You know, so I used to watch him and he he was friggin' great, you know. You put um, um you put Robin Williams in that in Robin that Williams class? Is a comedian, but he's different. Yeah. I don't put him in the same he's not the same he's not the same type of comedian to me, you know? Yeah. But you put him up do you do you put him at that I I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. The the, the like and the I love Robin Excellent. Williams. What's that? What? Like the same echelon you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Like if there's a Mount Rushmore of comedians, does he get it? Whether he's on there or not, does he get? Is he in the conversation? Yeah, he's in the conversation, and he's a great comedian. But, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect him to fit into the room. Even though obviously he could fit in the room. But if I was looking for comedians of similar ilk, you know, I I wouldn't associate him because his stuff was so much more energy driven you know yeah you know like his his 
stand up, you know, even that one they did like in Carnegie Hall. What was it? It was in the last 10 years. He did that new HBO special. It was crazy because Robin Williams had done stand up forever. Uh huh. Do you remember that? Vaguely. All right. It was really good, but it's a total different. Like, his is just like what makes him great. See, and which is why, you know, they had a giant car sit on from the 80s. And it was right when Fisher King was coming out. And Robin Williams was on there. And then Jonathan Winters was a guest. And you know, Jonathan Winters was on Mork and Ork with him. And I yeah. think Jonathan Winters is funny as hell. But Jonathan Winters and Robin Williams are analogs. You know? Yes. Because it's all driven by characters. You know? They're yep. doing characters. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it's yep. a different comedy to me. And I'm not going to, but I'm sure if older people that know a hell of a lot more about this than me would be like, well, what about Lenny Bruce? Well, I'm 40 years old. I don't know much about Lenny Bruce, but I'm sure he's probably, you know, he's the father of like the social commentary comedians, I believe, you know? Yeah. When uh, I was probably like eight or nine, I, I think it's called, I think it's called Lenny. There's a movie, right? Yeah, with Dustin Hoffman. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it used to play like on channel, like a UHF channel or something at like 1 a.m., you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, as a little kid, I don't know why I'd be up at 1 a.m., but um, I remember remember watching it and like not getting it because it was way, way above me. Yeah, and you're young and Lenny Bruce, you got to be old to get that shit. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, but I don't know enough about him to say that. So as far as I know, you know, and see, and I say Richard Pryor and Carlin, because I always put Richard Pryor and Carlin together, because they are like the same generation, you know, and they were both very iconoclastic, you know, very anti-establishment type of comedians say whatever the fuck they want and they could get away with it because what they said mattered, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. Know, like, was it because they were right or because they were funny? I think it was both, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, I think it was having, it was having something worthwhile to listen to, whether you agreed with them or not, you know, because I, because I think my dad probably thinks George Carlin's funny, but I guarantee you George Carlin's, uh, where he sat on the political spectrum was 180 degrees away from where my dad was, you know? Yeah. So, you know what? It's got to be – it's part delivery and it's part material. I think that's how – that's like – obviously what makes them what makes them different than everybody else is, is they have the delivery and the timing, but they also are picking the right material to – Yeah, that's what I'm know, saying. It's to, more social commentary. I don't think of Robin Williams as, so, as a social commentary – commentator or something you know what i'm saying right totally not on 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 the comedy train but a a similar example somehow i got on to uh i was in the bathroom and i was thumbing through reddit and there was something about noam chomsky no noam right noam yeah yeah noam chomsky n-o-a-m yep and um so i clicked on clicked on the link and the link brought me to a YouTube video and I watched like two or three YouTube videos and regardless of whether or not 
I agreed with what he was saying. He was addressing pertinent information and he was delivering it in a manner that that not everybody can deliver it in, right? Because we're so used yeah. to watching, you know, the talking heads on, on Fox News or CNN or, you know, right wing, left wing, Rachel Maddow, whatever. And they're delivering this information. It's like nails on a chalkboard. You know, yeah, he's he's delivering this very counterculture message, but I'm listening to it because he's doing it in a way that's kind of drawing me in. Right. Whether it was 20 minutes into the conversation before I realized I didn't agree with what he was saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're just, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm enthralled by the way he's delivering it. A comedian who can do that is like above and beyond exponentially right because he's making not only is he is he delivering the material he's making you laugh at things you wouldn't normally so i get it i understand how those two guys kind of have a uh a a separate there's a separate room for those guys and i guess bill maher probably thinks he's like that but he's way too smug yeah you know those guys weren't smug right yeah like he's he's way and he and he sides with political affiliations way too much, whereas I get the sense, maybe I could be wrong about this, but I have the sense that if anybody walked up to George Carlin, any of these politicians, no matter what side of the aisle they were on, he'd be like, yeah, fuck you, you know? <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, that's the sense I get from him, you know? S- so those two, and then it drops off? Is there anybody else? No, it doesn't drop off. It's just that they just, to me, crystallize as like probably the t- in my lifetime, the two two of the most important comedians, okay. you know, in my lifetime. And, you know, where does, so where's I Chris mean, Rock? I mean, Seinfeld's a different, I, I, I say Chris Rock is, well, I mean, now, I mean, he's more of my generation. I'm right. just saying my lifetime. I mean, George Carlin was friggin' working all the way up until he died, basically, which was only this century. But he's still, you know, I mean, that's more like our parents' generation, really. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Totally. I'm with you. Yeah. Whereas Chris Rock came, uh, you know, he, he, came onto the scene in the late 80s, you know, and burst onto the 90s because he's a guy who was born in the 60s. You know, he's my brother's age, you know? Um, I, You know so, what? I just, I was thinking, he's born in the 60s. You're, to be in the six, born in the 60s, you're only four years older than me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, so he, he, uh, so... Those multiple specials they did, like, you know, which was it? One was bigger and blacker, and I'm not sh- that might have been the one they did all over. You know, he did, you know, you know, it was the bigger and blacker one, the one that was done all over. He's in the whole black leather suit and all that. Yes, I think so. Yeah. But he did two prominent specials in the 90s on HBO, you know, and both of them are like testaments like can stand the test of time as far as i'm concerned you know because i've watched those not too long ago in the past few years and they're still hilarious you know and i mean 
he hadn't done a special like that in forever, you know? And I mean, I guess he does, I guess he does do some acts here and there, but I don't think he had done like a big full tour in a long time. So anyway, when I saw that movie, I'm like, I'm going to go see it. You know, I was like, I don't even give a fuck what it costs for the ticket. You know, so I ended up buying the expensive tickets and I dropped almost 300 bucks on two tickets. Um, but so I go out there, I did Saturday rolls around and I was like the night before I went to a concert with a couple of buddies of mine and one was Gagne, who you think of, who, who should be <laughs> boiling crawfish whenever yes. you think of him. Yes. Uh, so, uh, I was, Gagne likes that stuff, but I'm like, I was like, Hey dude, want to come? He's like, Oh man, I gotta go down to home. Cause that's where he's from. He's like, I'm supposed to help my brother do something. And he's trying to set up a new office down there. And that he's like, call me in the morning. So I call him more and he's like, I can't do it. Yeah. I was like, ah, fuck it. So I asked my buddy Jason, cause I didn't think he would come cause he lives on North shore. He's kind of whipped, you know? And like, you know, he doesn't always just get and go do stuff. Plus the fact that he lives an hour away now, it's a pain in the nuts, you know, was this the guy you were going to go to, uh, the other show that got canceled with? No, no, that was Jacob in Morrow. I was supposed to go to other show with Morrow, right? Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I was Morrow and Jacob. You know, the Croatian guys. Yeah. Um, Croatian Americans. Uh, so anyway, he's like, oh well, you know, I'm not feeling so well. Uh, you know, this is all through text, but I but I know how he talks. You know, like. <laughs> Because apparently he had gone, some guys, he had gone to one of their camps the night before, like a fishing camp, and they got all effed up out there and slept out at the camp. And he's like, I don't feel so well. I was like, and I just sent back a text. I was like, this is Chris Rock, dude. You know, like, to me, that's enough for like, okay, fine, I'll go. Yeah. You know, it's not like, it's like, this is Kevin James or, uh, you know, even like Patton Oswalt. Like, this is Chris Rock. You know, if you know anything, like even if you don't know much about comedy, you'd say, well, Chris Rock, that must be pretty big. I mean, he did host the fucking Oscars last year. So, you know, he's more than just some schmuck, you know? Right. You know, because they just don't have a schmuck do that show. But uh, well, I guess they did have Neil Patrick Harris do it, right? Um, <laughs> kind of burnt out on MPH, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, he's like, all right, how much are the tickets? I was like, don't even fucking worry about it. For one, he probably would have paid me, but he would have been like, oh, really? But, but at this point, that's a sunken cost. I don't give a fuck about the price of the tickets anymore. I just want somebody to go with me and somebody that I know will enjoy it. You know, I'm not going to ask somebody that friggin' does it. Because there's a lot of people that just don't like comedy, really, too, you know? Yeah. Plus, you got to hang out with this person for a while. Um but I know Jason likes this shit because he's like one. Of the, he's kind of like a uh, a kindred spirit comedically, you know. Because that's that's how we became friends because we were both friggin' crazy and off the wall with shit, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, he comes over. We go see the show, and th- this is one of the things too. This weekend was the fantasy baseball draft, you know, and these guys were giving me all kinds of shit because they were doing out in Lake Charles at that camp that I've told you about that before the camp out there, which is like three and a half hours away from here, you know? Yep. And, uh, they're like, 
because when the tickets first were in sale, I bought them. It was a Saturday show, you know? And then, the like, you know, the tickets sold out so quickly. That's another thing I want to tell you about, though, about that secondary ticket market. And I'll tell you about that once I get to the meat of the show. And they were like, well, you could have gone on serious Sunday or Monday, blah, 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 blah. I was like, I was, like, was going to go this one. And the truth is I wanted to go to the first one anyway because, A, it's a Saturday night, so I don't have to worry about, like, chilling out and having to worry about going to work the next day and all that bullshit. I can actually enjoy myself. And, two, it's the opening night here, not of the tour, but in New Orleans. And it's a Saturday night. You're more likely to get something cool at the opening show just because I've, I've been to stuff like that before. Usually the first one's, you know, I don't know, for whatever reason – that's how it works, you know? Um, so anyway, we go. And I didn't know who the opener was, but I guess I could have, I guess I probably could have dug through Twitter and found out who was going to open. And they're like, well, here's your host for the evening, Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster General. <laughs> and I'm like, yes! Because I follow him on Twitter, and I'm always trying to see when he comes around. And he hasn't come to New Orleans. He never comes here. In fact, he gets up there. And the first thing he says is how he hadn't been back here, how he hadn't been here since 2005 when he was entertaining, uh, like, military guys as first responders for Katrina, you know, okay. because he does yeah. a lot of those USO tours and sure. stuff like that, you know. So I was like, yeah, so literally he hasn't been here in, like, almost 12 years at this point. But he's friggin' hilarious. You know, I'm sure you must be familiar with him, huh? Yeah, I don't I don't particularly find his stylings to my liking, but I appreciate that people do. I know, uh, I know he's funny. So sharp. You know, like it's ridiculous the way he just like like on the drop of a dime he can just friggin' rag on somebody. It's friggin' awesome. You know, yeah. and yeah, uh, see I don't find those I, I'm not a big fan of roasts, I'm not a big fan of uh, of that type of of comedy but i know that it's a skill and i know it's you know i know it's yeah, in demand it's, it's amazing like how quick he is you know so like people are still getting their seats and this guy who's probably you know probably not from new orleans i'm sure who's like getting into the front row making his way in the front row you could see that shaggy hair or whatever and chris rock i mean um jeff ross is like uh you know, there's all the seats that, like, rich people get comped with and shit, you know? Yeah, corporate seats. And hotels and stuff, yeah. yeah. Totally. And, it, and he's like, hey, Spicoli, how's Ridgemont High? You know, he says to this dude. <laughs> and the dude's like, oh, it's all right. He's like, I met you before. He's like, he's like, you met me before. He's just, you know, because since he roasts people, he interacts with people, you know? Right. He's like, yeah, I met you and Bill Simmons at a Clippers game. And he's like, he's like, all right, sit down. This isn't your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> you know, so that kill me his podcast. Yeah. And then he brought, like, he, he brings a bunch of people on the stage to roast from the audience. And he's just gone rapid fire, you know, like all these dudes. <laughs> And it was just freaking like there was this Indian guy up there. You know, he's, I don't know, it was just freaking it. You, you marvel at how quick he is, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's no. what I marvel at. It's just freaking, 
I was like, that's ridiculous that he can just do this. He just sits there. And he's just like, boom, 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 boom. And it, you know, so then he, you know, he, and then he brings Eric Andre on, who's fucking wacky. And I bet you Eric Andre, do you know who that guy is? Uh, name sounds familiar. And I think when he told me he was there, I looked him up and. Yeah, he he's got familiar. an adult swim show and he's very. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, right, very he's esoteric. Very, he, yeah, he's kind of an absurdist, I guess I would call him, you know, because everything's so, like, and I'm sure he doesn't play rooms with, you know, 2,500 people or how many people were in this theater, you know? Yes. Because uh, this is another thing. Before you go into the theater that night, and I've been to shows where they tell you don't use your phone or anything, but what they were doing, they have this service, and you got to go through there. You pull out your cell phone. And they put it in this green little sack, and then they close it, you know? And it can only get open by this little magnetic machine later when you're leaving so that no one can use their fucking cell phone during the whole show. That's interesting. Yeah, so that no one can take any pictures, no one can do no one can do shit with it, you know? All right, all right. And, um... I mean, it's good, and it sucks that you got it because it's kind of big, you know, because, you know, an iPhone's big enough as it is, so now you got this sack sticking in your pocket, you know. (laughs) It's kind of pain ass, and then especially if you feel like the buzzing of text messages and shit, or like, you know, whenever you go to like a movie, right when you sit down in your seat, you'll pull your phone out to fuck around in that dead time. I went to go there, and it's like, oh, I can't fuck around with my phone, you know. But, um... But they did have that must have taken against. forever. It actually wasn't that well. I, I guess we got there. You know, I they built it into it. They claimed the show was starting at seven. It really didn't start till seven thirty something. But I'm sure that was by design. You know, okay. right. like they, like they know it probably takes that long to get all those people to do it. You know, because we probably got there, walked up to the theater around probably six. 30 something and you know most people don't go an hour before a show starts just because that's not the way people are right you know um you know especially a lot of people down new orleans because a lot of people are that are at the show you know there's a lot of locals like me but i think i'd be willing to bet half the audience are people that are staying at hotels and stuff people that came to town for this i mean a lot, it seemed like almost every dude he pulled up on stage for the roast thing, or uh, every person, because it was all, wasn't all dudes. I had a feeling none of them were from here, you know. Okay. Which makes sense because it's kind of like how far are they coming from? You know, well, they had one guy that was up there who was down here with a bunch of buddies. Uh, he went to college in Boston, you know, and he was back here with a bunch of guys that he had gone to college with, you know, and they, are they were on coming- a trip. Are they coming in town for Chris Rock, or they just happen to be in town? I think it, I think it was probably like one of those dual type of things. Like we're playing this trip, you know. Oh, and they got a Chris Rock show that weekend too. You know, okay. like like a friggin', you know. I don't know if it was a bachelor party or if it's just a bunch of bros having a a trip the way like maybe you know theoretically the eleven oh six guys always claim they're gonna have. Yeah. You know, I wonder, you know what? I wonder if the weeks following Mardi Gras, but before spring break, um, you know, Easter break for families and stuff. Uh, I wonder if there's like travel discounts 
to, yeah. to, to places like New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure, though. But but my buddy, the buddy who was with me, his wife used to work at a hotel, and she always had tickets to all that. Okay. You know, so so because the hotels have tickets to all that. So I'm sure probably every decent hotel, you know, probably has tickets to all these type of events, you know? Right. Because it was everything that they always had tickets to whatever went on in that theater, you know? Because it's downtown, you know, it's, you know, they, they do the uh, the Broadway musicals and stuff that come through, always play there, you know, but I, but I don't know if it's like, because I know he saw Dave Chappelle there uh, because of that. I know he saw Kevin James there, who he said was terrible because, because she worked there, because whatever event they would have, they'd always have the tickets for it. So, you know, I guess whatever these hospitality companies basically you know just like the regular corporate tickets you know i guess they get a block of them or whatever you know yeah 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 so i'm thinking you know i'm sure it's something like that and i'm sure even the casino probably even though they got their own little theater they probably still keep tickets for all that type of stuff too you know things people do around town casino has uh table games and stuff yeah 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 so you can get some yeah, high rollers in there. Yeah, yeah, you can get. Okay. Yeah. So maybe I mean, they it's a them. real, it's a real casino. All right. But these guys, like this guy, was like, "Oh, I'm with buddies from college, you know, and we're in town just for weekend." Or they might have just already come in town and like, and then saw, "Hey, man, Chris Rock's have been playing." They might have bought the tickets off a of StubHub or something. You right, know. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I'm sure there are some people like. Like the like the fella that was from Shreveport that was up there, he probably did come down here for this. That makes sense. You know? I'd go as far as Atlanta. Uh, I don't know what the tour schedule was, but I could see somebody hopping on a plane from Atlanta to go to go to New yeah, Orleans that's an hour to see flight. Chris Rock. Yeah, it's an hour flight. You know, it's nothing. Yeah. You know, I mean that's the thing down here. It's not like, you know, I mean if you come from like, you know, it takes. Five to six hours to get to drive to Houston from here. Probably takes five to six hours to drive to Atlanta from here. You know, so there's a lot of stuff in between. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like like up where you are, cities are way closer than that, you know? And the and the metro areas are way more dense than they are here. So people probably from the small areas like Shreveport or some shit. They probably are driving down here for that. Maybe they couldn't get tickets to Dallas because Dallas is closer to Shreveport than here. And I'm sure he went there, but whatever. So Eric Andre comes out there and he was absurd. I found him hilarious, but that wasn't his crowd. And of course it's not. There's most people there. For one, there was a lot of older people too, because Chris Rock's a 50 something year old comedian now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just because we were in, what like seventh and eighth grade when he was he was coming into his own on Saturday Night Live? Yeah, people were in college watching Saturday Night Live. You know, like that's that's the demographic. So, um, we're running a little long, but I don't want to cut the Chris Rock stuff short. So, how about we do this? How about we bring back? the Chris Rock conversation as a part two to this episode next week. You game for that? Yeah, I'm down. Okay. 
All right, because I don't want to shortchange that. I don't want to shortchange that. I want to hear about the. Uh, I want to hear about the show. And um, you sent me a couple texts, which which I thought were really funny. So um, we'll we'll save that. We'll save that for. We'll have to uh, refresh me too for next week. <laughs> you got it. Uh, well, uh, then then on that note, with apologies to Girk's brother, we'll see you guys next week. Good night, Fredo. 